Hey everybody, thanks for joining us again on another episode of the Full Count Show. You got myself here along with Andrew, and we're going to be talking about some interesting topics today that's going to piggyback off of our last episode. Uh, That's going to include stocks, inflation, and real estate. So with that, we'll get right to it. Three balls, two strikes, pressure is on. This is where we discuss real estate, property improvement, and business. Together, we'll strategize on how to win. Welcome to the Full Count. Thanks for joining us. Um, the first topic on our agenda is going to be stocks and the current status of it uh, since the beginning of the year. So, Andrew, with that, I'll let you introduce and we'll go from there. Yeah, so the stock market hasn't been pretty uh, for the first six months of this year, as we all see. I know, Nick, your portfolio is probably not doing well. Uh, mine isn't doing too good, but that's why you diversify, right? So there's certain uh, components that are doing OK. Uh, I know gold is down about 1.3% for the first six months of the year, which is great. So I have a gold uh, bracelet and gold chain and whatnot. Um, and of course, in my portfolio. Um, but uh, yeah, the stock market's down about uh, 21% for the S&P 500. The NASDAQ is about 29.5% negative. So th- there hasn't been a lot of safe havens. And it's been pretty, pretty, pretty scary. But um, like they say, real estate can be a safe haven. But at the same time, this whole incident with the stock market hasn't been pretty. Uh, how, how have you been feeling, Nick? Yeah, I mean, like you said, my my portfolio has been down. I mean, just just around that average that you said, probably about twenty percent, and it's just been kind of nerve wracking to watch and look at, uh, and you know, just yeah. see it kind of plummet. Um, but I mean, I'm not an avid, you know, huge, uh, knowledgeable investor guy, right? I mean, I know some people that are so much more knowledgeable than I am, but mm-hmm. I do have my bit of background, you know, being in wealth management and working for JB Morgan Chase and all of that. Um, but I mean, a lot of people do prosper in a down bear market. markets. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that's actually, I mean, sometimes that's where some of the, the wealthiest made. people come from. Yeah, exactly. People look for recessions because they find opportunities in them, you know? Correct. Yep. I totally agree. And, um, you know, the reason why the economy or the stock market hasn't been doing well is because of the economy, right? So um, inflation worry that we have right now has been obviously scary for the markets and overall consumers that are feeling it at the grocery store. I know, Nick, you love to go shopping and buy your groceries and you probably haven't been feeling too great about that. And then myself, I drive a lot, especially as an agent, I'm all over the place and I've been feeling it with the gas pump. So it's not been very good. And that's why the stock market is down because they know that these companies' earnings are going to be a lot lower than they were in the previous quarter. So um, what do you think, Nick, in terms of like the, um, you know, GDP going down and have you, have you looked into that? Have you, you have any comments on that? Uh, No, to be honest, I really haven't looked into that too much. Mm I mean, you know, trade-wise, there, there's, there's differing opinions, and I mean, it's, to get into politics and all of that, right? It's well, but, I don't want to get into politics. Maybe in the future, right. but um, in terms of the GDP, though, I will say that uh, what, what's the rule of thumb? Like the first two quarters negative, technically it's a recession, um, but then there's this uh, organization that actually calls it three to four months after the uh, GDP comes up um, negative for the second one. The first quarter was negative 1.6%. Second quarter is now forecasted to be negative 1.2%, I believe. So that's two uh, quarters of GDP down. So technically, we're in a recession. However, like I said, three to four 
months from now, we'll hear for sure whether we are or not. Um, and I just wanted to point something out I saw in the paper today. Um, the headline is Fed, the Fed wary of repeating 1970s errors. So in the 1970s, there was a high up inflation uh, period. Uh, so the people in the past felt it like we're feeling it now. However, um, the Federal Reserve raised rates and they were raising it very quickly, like currently is happening now. And what they ended up uh, doing was they ended up bringing the rates back down. I've been hearing on the news. I don't know if you've heard, uh, Nick, uh, but there's been some talk about the Fed might bring down rates potentially because of the whole situation with the economy slowing. But when they, what they did in the 70s is they lowered the, the Fed funds rate and because they were afraid of the economy going down. Right. But inflation kept going up. So that's right. the problem. So it was like putting a Band-Aid on it and then it just taken right off and it was still a problem. So in the 80s, uh, Paul Volcker, the Federal Reserve chairman, he said, this isn't going to happen on my watch. I'm going to raise the Fed funds rate until inflation comes down. So he raised it very high and it obviously got them into a recession, a very bad one. Uh, but the, the beautiful thing about it was inflation came down. And we're not sure what's going to happen with this current chairman, either if he's going to continue raising these Fed funds rate or if he's going to bring it back down like they did in the 70s. And then several years from now, Nick, we may feel the pain again with another chairman in the Federal Reserve that might raise the Fed funds rate. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just to give you know our listeners and viewers uh, an idea of the date. So today's date as of right now, so it's July 13th, uh, 2022. So that was in today's newspaper that Andrew was referencing. Wall Street Journal. But, yep. Yeah, in the Wall Street Journal. Um, but, you know, the the Fed does have have a pretty hard job right i mean because they don't want to overshoot it they don't want to increase rates too much right mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. have them to be too high for too long and slow things down too much um but then they also don't want to bring them down too soon right because i mean That's both right. those things can cause a recession so or could keep inflation increasing so it, it's a very fine line that they're they're walking that's for sure yeah, it's a difficult uh, moment for them, especially with the 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 uh, administration, the president. Right. They're always in the ear of the uh, Federal Reserve. So they have to take into account what's on their spreadsheets and then they have to take into account before um, the Treasury and the president. So it's a difficult job. Um, you know, some people say, is it a necessary job to have? Right. Should we get should we remove the Fed or should we not? That's another topic we can get into. But um, at this moment in time, the Federal Reserve is very powerful and we need them at the time uh, for what's going on. So hopefully inflation does come back down, um, but I don't think it's going to happen not for a, a while, at least. Um, I think it's projected that the Federal Reserve is going to raise Fed funds rate about 75 basis points higher like they did uh, in June. So we'll see. I don't know. Nobody knows. But we do know that the stock market hasn't been doing well, as we noted earlier, and uh, the stock market might fall again, uh, third quarter, maybe fourth quarter, and maybe right. even 2023, who knows, but that's why it's good to diversify and invest um, into the uh, stock market, dollar cost averaging. And yep. in my opinion, it's good to invest in real estate. What are, what are your takes on it, Nick? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and I mean, just to, you know, note again, we're not experts here. We're not giving any type of not uh, financial, advisors, financial advice. This is just our thoughts, our knowledge, our opinion that we're sharing with you. Um, we'd love to hear, you know, yours. So feel free to put in the comments. Um, 
you know, we'd love to hear back from uh, from you all. But uh, no, I, I completely agree, Andrew. And I mean, I know you have a lot of, uh, you know, affluential clients in those industries, right? That are a little bit more knowledgeable, a little bit more uh, connected to how the stock market's performing, being affected by inflation and background <clears throat> there. I mean, what have you been hearing from them? Anything specific? Well, I think that's a good point. So um, my clientele ranges from, you know, just a modest income all the way up to somewhere in the higher bracket. So teach their own, right? Like I was saying earlier, you and I are feeling it at the grocery store. The higher end clients of mine probably aren't. Maybe they're feeling it more on their vacations, um, which, you know, we all want to go on vacation. And that's something I hope to do very soon again. Uh, but anyways, um, I'm hearing a lot. Um, and as an agent that, that um, you know, helps many people, different incomes, I got to read a lot. And that's why I read the Wall Street Journal all the time. But what I'm hearing from people with more modest incomes, I guess I could say is um, they're not too concerned yet, although the gas prices has really affected them. And if it continues to go on further, then I believe it's really going to get a lot worse for them. And therefore, the economy will take a harder turn in terms of people with the higher incomes. They just feel like the stock market's going to come down a lot more and they're afraid because they don't know where the bottom is. Right. Yeah. And I mean, those are, those are all valid points. Um, and to be honest, though, with with inflation, at least from my perspective, right, mm -hmm. is that 9.1% now, by the way. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> a lot of it is uh, psychological, right? I mean, if you're you're looking at sociology and the way that people act and thinking groups um, has a lot to do with with how prices are affected, with how inflation is affected. Um, oh, you mean like perception? Economy. Perception, exactly. Because yeah. prices, you know, prices started to increase overall, generally, right? And then if they stayed that high for a certain amount of time, people almost get used to them. And then that becomes, mm -hmm. you know, I hate using this term, but quote unquote, the new normal, right? And people get desensitized to those prices. And that just becomes the the norm. And suppliers, you know, corporations, <clears throat> different industries say, okay, people are willing to pay this price and they're not going to complain about it. So we're going to keep these prices as is, even if, you know, the economy is doing better, um, their costs might not necessarily be increasing, et cetera. I, I actually disagree with that. I mean, the um, the suppliers, the producers, you know, the producer price index has been high too. the percentage besides CPI uh, that I just noted about 9.1. Their their cost for shipping and things along that nature has been going up and therefore it's spilling over to the consumer. And I believe that's been happening since 2021. The producers price index has been going up and it didn't affect CPI right away and then started spilling over. I do agree with you to some degree that it comes down to like perception of people that it becomes normal to pay X amount of dollars. But I think when they start to see it, everything around them going up at the end of the day, when you start seeing a bunch of negative numbers in your bank accounts, it starts to hit home. And that's where I, I would say I disagree in terms of the perception. I think it does come down to people's pockets and, and it, a lot of people are angry right now. Yeah, no, they definitely are. I mean, I don't blame them. I'm right there with them, right? <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, to well, some degree, I'm, I'm not feeling too good about certain things, but 
Yeah. Um, you know, it is what it is for now, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But then you have, you know, some of those corporations and suppliers um, and producers whose costs necessarily haven't increased and they're still recording record profits. Right. But they know, I mean, prices. Not so much. I mean, that's where you and I disagree on a lot of things. Right. I know we've gotten into debates and it's good. I think that's what makes this conversation good. Yeah, we, we debate a lot. Um, but I mean, yeah, there, I'm sure there's some anomalies to that degree. But, um, you know, a lot of uh, companies have been their earnings have been going down. So the earnings that they had, the profit from last quarter and the previous quarter to that was a lot higher. Now it's slowed down. So they're seeing people not spend as much. So they're starting to get hit with it. And then they're also getting hit with uh, just overall cost of um, their production to go up. And that's why, you know, I, I think it, it really is inflation affecting everyone. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, we're we're generalizing here, right? But of course, there's a completely, you know, outlier completely. cases and skew cases. So, um, but I mean, yeah, I think if you're looking at the majority, that's I, I agree with you there. That's uh, that's probably true. Um, so, I mean, to get on the topic of of real estate and what you've been seeing, Being a hedge. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What you've been seeing there, what feedback you've been getting from your clients, um, even from contractors and investors who, you know, buy houses, fix and flip, or whatever they're doing mm -hmm. in real estate. You know, what are they saying? Um, so there's a lot, lot to that. Um, but I guess. Uh, in terms of like um, clients, you know, they're still if they can afford it, they're going to buy the house that they need or, you know, they'll they'll sell it and go into something else. Um, they're feeling it with the mortgage interest rates going up, which has been an issue. And I believe it's going to continue potentially going up. Um, so we're going to see a softening, a natural softening, which I think is healthy for the market because it's been going up like 21 percent per year or along the along those lines. Obviously, that's a generalization, as I always tell my clients and on my social media, that's a macro perspective. When we speak micro, that's like within your zip code or your city or whatever the case may be. But at a macro standpoint, it's definitely been going up too much to some degree. People have been buying and prices have been going up, but now it's starting to soften. I believe maybe by the end of this year, it'll probably be positive, sing low single digit number of price appreciation. But, um, People are still buying. I don't see, I don't see too much of a negative talk just yet. Uh, maybe when the recession uh, headlines come out, maybe we'll see something different. I'd like to follow up on on that question with you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I like to see how things change over time for sure. Um, mm -hmm. But I mean, on the on the topic of, you know, just to remind everybody that's you know viewing or listening in. So Andrew's actually based in LA, so in, in more affluent areas. Right. Southern oh, California, yeah. Orange County, Southern San California. Diego too. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I, if you're you're out there looking for a place, you know, hit them up. But thank um, you. Oh, you know what? Thank you, thank you for that plug. I do yeah. want to mention too. Um, I know a lot of realtors are probably going to be watching this too. I've already spoken to some that have liked their content. Uh, if you're a realtor, you know we're obviously competing with one another to some degree, but we're also teammates when it comes to you know going into sales or escrow. I mean, but. Um, if you have anything off market that you want to share with me, please go ahead. My my clients are are um, you know they're very good, and I've vetted them, and I think it'll be good for your seller. So I just wanted to throw that plug out there. Send me your off markets. Yeah, I mean, uh, same here. Uh, especially you know, I, I, so I started to actually get into uh, some wholesaling. So 
you guys have any okay. markets if you're listening down there in florida um the new england area you know feel free to let me know but um <laughs> the the region the reason i mentioned you know where you were was mm -hmm. because you know i'm i'm assuming a lot of your clients are wealthier right um I mean, a little bit more affluent right if we're speaking like overall across the nation maybe yeah i mm -hmm. would say so yeah okay so do you see them still or have they in the past mainly bought homes and real estate uh with cash are you still seeing them take out loans giving you know the state of the interest rates and how they've increased i've seen more so i've seen more loans and then uh what they do uh, especially the more affluent uh community is they they go they're like um their large institutional bank because they have a lot of their money there uh in the account they give them a lower rate than what's out there on the market so they'll buy it with a loan or sometimes they'll buy it all cash and then they'll um they'll take the money out and put a mortgage on it that's just how they beat out everyone else um but i'm still seeing all cash but um i i just think this like i've been hearing i got into the game of real estate i think in 2015 and i've been hearing from you know people that have been bearish on real estate like i'm gonna buy when the, when the market crashes and i've been hearing that since 2015 a lot of those people that told me that that i've stayed in touch with they're still saying the same thing and they haven't bought so i think uh the ones that buy are just doers and the ones that don't are just gonna wait on the sidelines who knows when they're gonna buy so i think it's just best to buy uh whenever you're you know whenever you're comfortable and it makes sense for your life but i mean just going into equity being built in the nation, speaking macro again, um, in 2022, the first quarter alone, uh, home equity grew 20% and we're up to 27.8 trillion, which is a new record now as noted by the Federal Reserve. So $27.8 trillion worth of equity in the United States. Isn't that nuts? Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. I mean, do you see that it's gone up that much because of inflation or... Another reason in terms of the inflation issue we're going through now. Um, no, not so much. It's a lot. I mean, yes, it is partially because like contractors like Steven would be good to expand on this, but um, contractors are spending a lot more on materials, right? Um, because of all the, the things going on with inflation and the shortage of um, goods and whatnot. But uh, when they, when they do a remodel or expand the square footage, that extra um, cost that they have, spills over to the price and everyone ends up paying more but um yeah i mean that's that's just the, the way it is right right do you have other real estate agent uh friends in other areas who are seeing similar things i think we're all kind of seeing the same thing to be honest with you overall yeah. we haven't really seen the markets come down just yet there's a potential that it will come down and i think it might happen maybe next year but none of us have a crystal ball but overall, the market's hot because inventory is so, so low. And there's a lot of uh, households out there that are looking to buy. So um, I just think it's it's uh, insane. And, and and here's a statistic, too, that I'll I'll share with you. Let me see if I can pull it up here. Um, okay. While you're looking that up, so regarding the debt piece again, right? Just to harp on that one more time. Um, do you see real estate investors that you're dealing with? still preference leveraging debt over not because of the interest rates? Um, 
I mean, they're more cautious, right? They're the when they leverage debt, right? Meaning they take out a loan and get an interest rate of whatever the market uh, that they're in. Um, I mean, yeah, they're still they're still taking out loans, but they're more particular and meticulous about what they're investing in, making sure it cash flows and things like that. They're not just going to buy anything just because they want that the uh, asset. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. I mean, that you know, they're smart about it, right? You got to run the numbers. And, yeah. you know, you got to make a judgment for yourself, right? The numbers aren't going to lie. Sometimes Correct. you go a little bit in, you know, with emotion. But uh, when you look at the numbers, they're not going to lie to you. Correct. Now, I want to I want to uh, talk about this uh, stat. So I said uh, $27.8 trillion uh, worth of equity has been built now, right? Which is like the mm-hmm. most ever, according to the Fed. Uh, $11 trillion of that equity is tappable equity. So it's the amount a homeowner can borrow while holding on to at least 20% um, So, of that home, homeowner's equity. So 75% of that $11 trillion equity, those homeowners that have that equity built in their home, their mortgages are below 4%. And I don't know, I don't know if that sounds um, crazy to you, Nick, but it's crazy because that tells us that homeowners that are in their home, their mortgage rates at 4% or lower, meaning they're not going anywhere. They're not going to want to sell their house because if they sell it, then they're going to go somewhere else and get a higher rate. Right now, they're floating around 55 to 6%. They're going to want to stick with their 4% or lower uh, interest rates. So that's where that inventory shortage that we've been seeing for many years continue to spill over. Uh, that statistic alone is scary enough because mm-hmm. that shows me that uh, there's not going to be a lot of inventory hitting the market. So buyers have to s- scramble to find a property. Right. But yeah, that, I mean, that makes sense. And I haven't thought of, uh, about that before, um, but that's actually a very, very valid point. Uh, but I mean, you were a buyer recently, recently, right? I mean, you've been looking in Florida, right? You've been uh, kinda... yeah, I mean, uh, I've been looking over the past couple of years, even before COVID started, right? Um, I've been telling you to buy, 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 buy. Now, I mean, I can be telling you to maybe put the brakes and make sure right. the numbers make sense. Uh, before I would just say buy anything, you know, buy yeah. not anything, but you know, you get the gist of it. Like you would have been making money. Yeah. But that's actually a good point because, but what I was going to mention was that rates weren't really, weren't that low really that long ago. Right. So how do you mean? So let's say, you know, mid COVID, maybe a year ago. Right. Rates. Yeah. We're still down. Yeah, right. 34%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't really that long ago. Um, yet the housing, supposedly housing shortage, right, where prices drastically increase was a little over that, maybe like two years ago when COVID started, right? Yeah. So housing has been prices overall macro across the nation have been going up since like 2012. Um, and then we started seeing a softening around 2019. Uh, mortgage mm-hmm. rates hit about 5%. Actually, it did hit 5%. Uh, I think it was the third or fourth quarter of 2018. And we started seeing, you know, home prices um, soften a little bit. So list prices right. came down. I don't know, like three, 5%, not much. I think at the most. Um, but uh, since we were going into like a recession at that time, COVID ended up happening and expedited that recession because of everything going on. And then prices just boomed again. So I don't know. That's, that's, I don't, I don't even know where I was going with that, but I think I answered something of one of your questions, right? I hope. Yeah. Yeah. You, you did to an extent. 
Um, what I was trying to get at was, mm -hmm. you know, at least from my understanding, you explaining that these homeowners have mortgages, right, that are low interest rates. So Correct. it doesn't make sense for them to sell their house because then if they go and buy another property and mm -hmm. they do need to take out a loan, it's going to be at a much higher rate, right? Much higher rate and uh, prices are going to be much higher too, right? Um, exactly. right? Since from whenever they bought it, even if it was just a year ago, two years ago. Um, right. So the people that own a property that fall in that bracket with a 4% uh, rate or lower, they're not going anywhere unless they were already planning to go and they have the means to do it. But mm -hmm. um, we're seeing people stay in their homes longer. I think about 10 to 12 years ago, people stayed in their home, um, you know, eight to nine years. Now it's going to 13 to 15 Almost. years. So people are yeah. really staying in their home. Right. Um, right. And uh, just, just, a, just a side note too, why it's important to own, you know how people say, okay, well, my house went up X amount of dollars, right? Or percentage. Right. I can't do anything with that unless I sell it. Right. I think most people would probably yeah. assume that, but um, you can tap into your equity if you want. In a smart fashion, you got to obviously make sure there's a goal and plan and there's an end in sight of what you're trying to do. So two ways to tap into your equity. And I'm not a mortgage person. I'm not licensed in mortgages, but I have an overall idea of it because I've been in the business for about seven years now, I think. Um, you can do a home equity line of credit. So essentially, it's um, it's you get a loan on the equity that you built up to whatever amount that you end up doing it. And that uh, interest rate is correlated to some degree uh, to the Fed funds rate. So I think the Fed funds rate right now is about 1.75%. So the HELOC loan that you'll be getting, your interest rate for pulling out that money, uh, the line of credit, is going to be somewhat close to it. It's probably going to be higher, obviously, because there's going to be a margin that the lender needs to make. I don't know, 3 4%, which is still lower than the 5 6% that we're seeing now. Uh, the other way is to do a cash out refi, right? Um, so you, you do, you take out a bunch of cash from your equity and then you borrow on it and you borrow on it by putting it the, behind the current mortgage you have, and then you pay a uh, interest rate that's at market value. So that's why the HELOC loan is, is less expensive because you're getting a lower interest rate. The cash out refi, you're adding that whatever you're borrowing to the end of your uh, mortgage and it's going to be higher. So right. the point is you can utilize that money if you need it for God knows what, if there's a big recession, you need, you need money for whatever reason, you can pull out that money. If you want to make home improvement, I think this is where Steven would be very happy. Uh, we're going to start seeing more people tap into the equity so they can uh, do improvements on their home because a yeah, lot of them exactly. don't want to go anywhere. Right. Yep, exactly. Yeah, actually. So working at uh, JPMC, I mean, given I was, you know, in Manhattan and New York, uh, so a little bit more of an affluent, uh, area, but the majority between those two options, the majority of people that, you know, I had come in to pull out equity in their house, they did take out HELOCs, right. Rather than cash out refis. Um, lower, because yeah. yeah. And there's also, you know, options a lot of the times for revolving, uh, HELOCs, right. So home equity lines of credits where if you don't use anything on it, there's no standing fee. You don't have to pay any interest rate. So it's kind of like a, it's a, like a credit card, credit card. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So although, although I will note, um, everything you said is, is on the point. Um, everything always, you know, it's uh, circumstantial too, but I think it's good to have a guest on that's in mortgages that can explain this further and can really mm -hmm. break it down the nitty gritty details 
because HELOC is beneficial, but cash out refi can be beneficial too. So it just depends, but I'd love to have a mortgage person come on and explain it further because I think with real world examples, I think it would really uh, help them out a lot. Yeah. Yeah. We could definitely get one of our contacts to, to come on in one episode. I mean, you know, if you guys like to hear that, you know, leave it in the comments, let us know. And we'll make sure to, to get somebody on who's who's an expert in mortgages and lines of credit for sure. But um, so I, I guess with that, did we want to hit on any other topics, Andrew, as of right now? Um, yeah, I mean, another note about real estate, something that I've been seeing a hot topic even before COVID was like uh, industrial, right? Industrial real estate, mm-hmm. uh, especially like warehouses where they hold like um, inventory that's that needs to be refrigerated. So industrial has been a really big uh, component that's been um, going up exponentially in price. And it's said that it's likely going to continue that route. I've been selling industrial real estate um, as of late. So I'll tell you this quick story. Um, when COVID happened, uh, when the stock market went down, do you recall how much it went down, Nick? I don't, I don't have the ability to pull it up, but I think it went down like 35% maybe. I think so. Right? Yeah. Something along those lines. So when right before COVID was happening, we were hearing about, you know, lockdowns in, in China and things like that. Um, my client calls me and says, Hey, I want to invest a good portion of my money and my portfolio into real estate. Um, let's get on it right now because I have a feeling based on my financial advisor that the market's going to take a hit. And rather than keep it in my uh, stock account of whatever he, you know, whatever he was uh, diversified in. He says, I want to spend it in real estate. So I said, let's do it. And he ends up uh, purchasing an industrial warehouse office in the front warehouse in the back. And uh, he, you know, he, he did good. He did very good. Price went up on it during COVID. Um, it's cash flowing. Um, and a statistic on here um, that I can read off to you is um, let's see here. So there's been a survey. Just to interrupt you for a second, Andrew. So Mm -hmm. when you say industrial real estate, you're talking about like industrial warehouses specifically, which is separate from commercial. Well, it is, it is within the, it is commercial real estate, but commercial real estate, um, think of like an octopus, right? There a commercial real estate. There's a branch of office, retail, apartment buildings, industrial. Okay. That's what I mean by so it. industrial would be a part of commercial is how you're categorizing Correct. It, right? Correct. Okay. I just so want to make sure everybody's clear on that, that note. So they understand what we're talking about here. Yeah. So I, I was telling my client industrial would be good because of what I had been witnessing and reading about uh, industrial being something that would, you know, at least maybe not so much go up or go down, but kind of stabilize. And we've been seeing that that's been uh, an important um, uh, real estate segment. And um, it was said by the CBRE survey in April of 2022, they found about 40% of real estate investors were interested in cold storage industrial real estate, up from 7% in 2019. So when you see a large volume of people going from one thing, maybe let's say retail, because retail was good, office was good before COVID, right, to some degree, and they're all now swaying over to industrial or cold um, storage warehouses, that's where you start seeing movement where the prices are probably going to continue to go up, especially with um, the lifestyle changes. We've seen more people are ordering their groceries online and getting it delivered and all that food needs to be stored somewhere. And that's where industrial comes in. Yeah. 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 
uh, HelloFresh, all those meal plan services. Right? HelloFresh is good. Yeah. 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 There's so many out there. Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, they all need space to keep store their stuff to get you uh, fresh goods. Right. So, yeah, that's true. And then, I mean, Correct. do you think pharmaceuticals, I mean, have a big take in that at all? So, like the store. Pharmaceut- pharmaceuticals, yeah. I mean, some uh, industrial warehouses, um, you know, the pharmaceutical supplies need to be refrigerated at a certain uh, degree. Right. So, they need to store all their, you know, whatever it is. Uh, obviously, not. I'm not an expert in that, but they do need to store all their supplies in a given area that's safe and that is uh well temperatured and that's where real estate comes in, into play um yeah so there's there that's been a really good really really good topic um industrial real estate as, yeah as far as you know places where there's industrial real estate out there by you in LA is it like further east california because i know a lot of southern california is already built up so there's not a lot of room there right so where are you seeing are you seeing a lot of that? Oh, the, across the Sun Belt. That's a good. Yeah, that's yeah. a good uh, question. No, I mean, uh, okay. So let's like we spoke about in the last episode about COVID and you know how the people have migrated right. out of West Coast and East Coast. They're going to the Sun Belt. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, a lot of uh, California has been built, but there's still a lot of industrial real estate. To be honest, all we got to do mm-hmm. is go more inland into the Valley or of LA, or you can go into Riverside, San Bernardino. There's a lot of uh, opportunity there for industrial real estate. You see a bunch of Amazon uh, storage uh, spaces there too. But uh, as far as like more opportunity for real estate, um, it would be like um, Texas, Florida, Arizona. That would be a spot to go to. And yeah, you know, in the Midwest, I'm sure. Right. The Midwest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, One way the viewers can get involved besides literally, you know, buying a, a space, which can be expensive. Or if you have the means, call me or call someone I know, and I can connect you. Um, yeah, you can buy REITs, yeah. right? REITs is a good opportunity. That's basically uh, a stock, basically, that uh, holds a bunch of real estate in different different segments of commercial real estate from retail, office, and things like that. Um, so what what so does REITs stand for? Uh, real Estate Investment Trust. Okay. So I hold I hold some apartment REITs, I hold some uh, cold storage REITs, mm-hmm. and I'm involved. I'm involved in real estate. I own property. I sell property, right? I sell um, lots and things like that land, and I own REITs as well. I also, you know, mm-hmm. uh, own um, REITs and land, literally, or farmland. That's another hot oh, hot one too. I didn't really. How about yourself, though, Nick? Land. No, I yeah, don't. How- I don't own any. Yeah, <laughs> I don't own any. Uh, any reads oh, why uh, is that let's let's be no but why is that though because you mentioned you've been wanting to buy property right yeah um but it's been you decided not to for whatever reason i i encourage you nick to buy something or invest in reads eventually mm-hmm. or dollar cost average it that's what i would do yeah. especially if the market comes down more of the stock market reads it will be good to buy as it comes down dollar cost right. average yeah, to be honest, I've never really even thought or thought about or considered uh, rates. You know, I as we've been talking about over, you know, over the past months and my uh, mm-hmm. engagements, um, is I've been <laughs> looking into more of other long term or short term kind of rental properties, right? Okay, so okay. That's kind of been my areas of of focus as far as what I'm looking for, uh, but that REITs is definitely something I should look more into for sure. 
Yeah, because like um, you can own apartment buildings uh, through REITs, right? So yeah, I, I think it's 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 if you don't want to commit, or whoever's listening doesn't want to commit with um, thousands of dollars into purchasing something, right, and putting mm-hmm. your name on title, you could just throw a hundred bucks in there, fifty dollars, and let it accumulate over time. It's a good way to get involved and uh, profit. You know. Yeah. So is it is it more like a share? Or it's a share. It, it's a share of a, it's a share. Like of a company family on a company okay and there's i think 80 percent of the profit that that company makes again i'm not a, a financial advisor but right. i read up on it i have an understanding um if i have questions which i always do i'll ask uh, someone that's licensed but again this is not advice but um um so a read a company that makes profit 80 i believe it's 80 percent. i might be wrong but i believe it's 80 percent of that profit has to go directly back to the shareholder through the dividends so whatever the the share is, what if it's a six percent dividend, you're gonna get six percent back of whatever that share was that you bought it, and you're gonna get that in return. And that's why it's a safe investment when it comes to right. dividends overall. So that's why REITs are a really good thing to get your feet wet right. uh, to eventually go into real estate. Yeah, I mean that might be you know another deep dive topic that we could do on another episode mm-hmm. um, for sure. Mm-hmm. So guys, let us know if you want to know more about that. But it make sure to like- subscribe too. Yeah. Subs- yes. Subscribe, comment, let us know what you think about what we're saying. If you disagree, um, whether you're team Nick or team Andrew, when it comes to certain things that we disagree on, <laughs> I'd right. like to see a survey. We'll have more. <laughs> I'd like to see a survey of who agrees with me and who agrees with you. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that'd be fun. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Another topic that uh, we might want to do a deep dive into as well is a number of companies that have been spinning up that are based around uh, investment properties, right? So you could buy a percentage of the property and they treat it as almost an investment uh, portfolio, right? So you buy shares kind of like you were describing with a REIT. Kind of like REITs. You're talking like Fundrise or Grant Cardone Capital. Exactly. Fundrise. Yeah. Um, Right. And there's also a new one called called Here, um, which I just came across. And there's some differences between like all those three. Right. Um, which maybe we there is another episode. all I can tell you right now is you got to be very careful with some of those. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I, I asked the financial. Yeah. But I asked the financial advisor I know at UBS here in Century City and he really mm-hmm. I asked him this like three years ago. He broke it down wonderfully for me. I don't even want to try and break it down. Maybe I'll follow up and get back to you what he said about it. But you got to be very careful with those. He says he would recommend at that point um, to get into reads probably instead. Uh, mm. of something like that but um well yeah i think we should follow up you know what i want to talk yeah. about though mm. i know we were we were because it's current events james kane died right the actor who played sunny oh uh, yeah Godfather. Yeah. and you being an italian i wanted to get your take on it because i watched the movie growing up and i loved it a lot of life lessons i know it's um you know it's a crime crime story organized crime but you right. being an italian what do you think about that movie uh yeah i mean i have mixed feelings about the godfather uh i think it's a little stereotypical to italian americans gives them gives them a little bit of a bad name i mean it's a good and thing good and bad things for italian americans right yeah uh, in general but i actually have so my dad's side uh there's a number of his cousins mostly like second cousins that kind of stuff and then also friends that he grew up with uh there and so he grew up in Brooklyn in Bensonhurst in New York. 
Okay. Um, that's actually where I was born, but there's a number of them in those movies. So he <laughs> uh, was a little more, you know, linked into what was going on there. But I mean, overall, I like I said, but I have a mixed kind of perspective because, yeah, it in a way it comes across a little stereotypical. Um, yeah. And, you know, obviously a little violent and mm-hmm. a lot of Italian Americans aren't necessarily that way. They're hardworking. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're, exactly. they're hardworking, family oriented. It's kind of like the Mexican. Um, uh, community as well. Um, value family, number one value work. Um, but, and, but keep going. I want you to expand a little bit more on, on your feelings towards the movie, because, um, I think Italians got a bad rap and especially like in the East coast when they came over. And I think, um, you know, that's how organized crime kind of spurred even further than what it came from, from Italy. But, um, what exactly did you like, give me an example, what you didn't like about the movie that kind of made italians look bad or whatever yeah i mean i haven't watched them in a while to be honest i mean they're not my type of movie either uh they're my type of movie man i've watched it like eight like i don't know five five times the first one yeah yeah i mean i think a more accurate description of italian americans is probably uh which is similar but is it is the bronx tale right i'm a a great movie and yeah of the bronx tale than i am of any of the godfather movies um but, you know, my type of like Italian American movies, the Rocky series, you know, big fan of that. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. The Boxer. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. That's right. a good so movie. Come on. You... <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 I was like, no, because I was thinking more of them like the Rocky. I'm like, oh, of course, the boxing movie. That's yeah. a great movie of, um, of the underdog awesome. coming up, coming mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I told you about this guy named Michael Francis. He's a very famous right. mobster. He said... The Italian, the the um, the Godfather movie actually, obviously, you know, like you said, I agree with you. It does stereotype a bit, but um, the current mobsters at the time when when the Godfather came out, they decided to dress a little bit better, have more etiquette when it comes to how they act. Become, I mean, a lot of them are sure were gentlemen like, but they became even more gentlemen like. It like set the standard to be a quality mobster per se. Uh, luckily, the RICO Act came in with Giuliani and kind of diminished that because obviously crime isn't good. But um, I would have never, you know, uh, think it's a good thing. But um, no. I, I, th- I thought it was good. I really got into the um, growing up, you know, James Kane being Sonny, right? He was like the explosive uh, character. Yeah. Um, obviously, his ending wasn't very well because of, of that. But I always connected with that character. And as I got a little older, mid late teens to 20s, I started getting more into like Michael Corleone uh, mm-hmm. uh, because I was, I was thinking, did I mispronounce it? But whatever, he was a very strategic stoic guy. Um, and I decided with my life, I wanted to go ahead and, you know, immerse myself more into that type of quality of a person because being explosive and passionate about certain things can lead you down a bad path, but yeah. so can being okay. too stoic. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's now, yeah, now that I'm even older, now that I hit 30, um, I uh, I like I like the uh, what's his name uh, Tom Hagen, Robert DeVol's character. He's a, more of an intellect, mm-hmm. more of an advisor. He's more of the middle ground between the two to some degree, and I think mm-hmm. that's the way to be uh, be an advisor and things like that. So um, I think that's the best the best uh, I got out of it because what we're seeing right. in society now, kind of going back down to full count, um, you know, people 
just dealing the cards you're dealt with in life and working hard and going under pressure and not complaining. I just feel like there's a lot of Fredos out there, right? Uh, a lot of people complaining and things like that. He was the character that would always not do well, had issues emotionally too, which, you know, all of us kind of do, but he really was down on his luck. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I really haven't watched those movies. You got to um, watch or... it, dude. You really got to go back. Yeah. Well, I mean, I watched The Godfather, but uh, some of his other, you know, like roles and that kind of stuff, I'm not too familiar with him. Okay. Um, you, you let me down a little bit. I've spoken yeah. to other Italians. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, it, it, it's too much. It's not my type of Italian. Got it. Got it. I'm more. Well, Bronx Tales so being good. A dual, yeah. Being a dual citizen, I'm good. more of like the original <laughs> hometown, you know, type of a, Italian. I don't know. I guess I take it more after my mom's side. Explain that because I don't think people know. Explain it though. Yeah, so I mean, actual Italian, right? Like, so from Italy, Italian, which is different. I know you go to Italy a lot, so yeah, yeah, which is going to be different than you know, like Spaniards from Spain and then Spanish from South America, per se. You know, per se. Um, There's going to be big cultural differences, ethnic differences, that kind of stuff, right? So. Uh, I don't know. I just feel as though Italian Americans are given a certain type of stereotypical view to them. Um, even today, or yeah, even today, even today. And I mean, there's a number of groups which I'm I actually follow and I listen to their you know uh, podcasts and watch mm-hmm. some of their uh, channels and content. Uh, but and they they go into you know, a little bit deeper detail on, on this. And they create some, actually some entertaining videos on how it was, you know, how my parents were, especially my dad when I was growing up. Right. Mm. Um, And it's funny because it's true, but (laughs) it's also a little concerning because it's true. (laughs) So uh, one of them is, you know, growing up Italian and others hardcore Italian. So feel free to go on and look at some of their content and you'll see what I mean. Um, okay. but also okay. if you, if you listen to Sebastian Malik, Maniscalco, the comedian, right? Oh the comedian? God, he's yeah, great. he's one of my favorites. He's good. Yeah. But he's one of my favorites because everything he says, I can relate to growing yeah. up as an Italian American and it's completely true. Right. So I, I know think you introduced me to him. him. You introduced me to him actually when I was in Boston after we yep. went to little Italy, right? I think that's what it's called somewhere within Boston community. Yeah, Is that right? End. Yep. Yep. North and yeah, you, we went back uh, to your place and we watched the uh, we watched them on TV. He was he's great, yeah. and I've been following him ever since. So I, I get what you're saying. And yeah. I even I'm not Italian, but I I relate to a lot of the stuff he he talks about right. in his uh, bits. Yeah, yeah, so. uh, that's that's true. He's one of my favorites. So if you guys haven't heard of him, look him up. He's great. But uh, I know we've gone off on a little bit of a a tangent, tangent here from what we were talking about. Yeah, but I mean, if you guys want to hear more about you know my background uh andrew's background you know we're we're happy to talk more on that as well but uh all right i think we'll wrap it up yeah from here right so if you guys you know have any thoughts questions concerns feedback for us you know let us know if you like what you're hearing watching listening to you know subscribe um tell your friends about us uh and you know like we said we'll create the content that you guys uh want to hear and grow with you yeah, we're getting all the kinks out still. We still got a lot we're learning with. There's a learning curve in, in doing these uh, uh, YouTube channels and the podcast and whatnot. But uh, we'll get there with you. 
Uh, so we appreciate your understanding and definitely comment, subscribe and tell people about it. All right. And with that, we'll uh, put a wrap on it. All right. We'll See you count. guys. <laughs> yeah. Bye all.